This episode of Finding Demo Surf Fishing is being brought to you by the Kids Can Fish Foundation. Check out kidscanfish.net and check out all the great things that they're doing for these kids out of the St. Simons Island in the Georgia area, helping them get out and do some fishing, learning how and just starting their adventure. The I don't think you could ask for anything better, helping kids learn how to fish that may not have that chance or opportunity. Kids Can Fish is a state and federally recognized 501c3 charitable foundation. All camps and clinics and outreach are funded by website merchandise sales, sponsors, and donations. The mission is to keep, teach kids the fundamentals of fishing and to most importantly, have fun. More tackle boxes, less Xboxes. Get the kids out there. It is you who helps them. And you can also sign up for the 2023 Running of the Bulls tournament out of St. Simons Island. I will be there. I'm looking forward to fishing it. Lots of really cool things coming up. So again, kidscanfish.net. Go on over there. Take a look at the great things they're, uh, they're doing. And if you can, give a donation to help them out. episode new week and this one i am extremely excited to talk to you guys about i i want to tease it and hold it and get you all pumped up for it but if you've been listening to the previews that have dropped on wednesday and thursday you know where we're going yeah that's right ladies and gentlemen we are getting on the digital train plane automobile whatever you want to call it we are heading north we're going to alaska yes oh god the last frontier, all the good things that you could think about. I mean, that is some serious fun fishing up there, and I cannot wait to do it. I am stupid excited to go up there one of these days and do it. And uh, to give you an extra bonus, we're talking with a guy that's running a business up there. That's right. We're talking with Randy Cisco, Compassion Through Fishing, Alaska Surf Fishing. He's in the Kenai Peninsula area. All his social media links are going to be linked back on FindingDemoFishing.com on the description of this website, so you should be able to find it pretty easy. And if uh, you ever want to go up to Alaska and get on it, uh, he's going to be the guy you're going to want to call and talk to. Because, I mean, why wouldn't you? We always say, if you're going somewhere new, get with a charter guy. It makes it easier. All right. I'm done flapping my jibs. All right, let's get this going here. Without further ado, welcome to the show, Randy, man. Appreciate you coming on and being here. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, Brian. And uh, tight lines from the north, yeah? <laughs> yeah, super perfect. Tight lines up in the north. <laughs> Dude, I everyone knows you hear the word Alaska in my in my brain anyway. Anybody in our fishing world, they hear the word Alaska, and it's like, yes. They're, they don't need anything else. They just hear, Yes. Yep, you got that right. This is a fisherman's paradise up here. I tell you what, if you can put up with, put up with the winners, I say make the move. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's that whole sunlight thing that's always made me like. Ugh, I put up blind, you know, you put up blinds in the windows to make it dark, and that that long daylight ones. That's the only one that always threw me. <laughs> You never know when to stop fishing, but you know, the only thing I don't like about it is there's no night fishing for the most part. <laughs> you, you want to miss the night fishing during the middle of the summertime. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, and I'm an evening fisherman here in my area of Florida. I got, I am a fan of going out at three o'clock and catching the sunset and just dominating it that way. So the idea of loss of nighttime there, gotta get, that, that hurts the heart a little for me. 
It, it does, um, but we do have these extended sunsets. So our sunsets last, you know, an hour, hour or two. You know, where it's just that yeah. twilight zone, and as the sun is, we we do get the sun to set in this, in the uh, summer where I'm at here, and that's it's just a lot of fun and it's extremely beautiful. Where, where I'm fishing at, I'm in the Cook Inlet, and right right across the inlet is the is the volcano. So we got active volcanoes and glaciers to look at as that sunsets behind them, and the fish get to go. And it, it's an amazing place to be. See everybody, there you go. Now you got a pic- picturesque description to give to your significant other. Be like, look, I'm gonna fish. You're gonna see the sights. It's perfect. Let's go. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's back it up from the very beginning here, all the way back in the younger years of our lives. Tell us your story and what got you into fishing. Well, it's kind of the classic story where you know, I, I, I you know, my dad and my grandpa, they were hunters and fishermen, and. Some of my first memories are my dad would have me on a backpack when I was real little, walking into like the Saranac River and just fishing. And man, I can say, you know, as soon as I caught my first fish or hooked my first fish, I was hooked for life, brother. That's all I've ever wanted to do. I, I couldn't even hold a, a regular job. I just sit and daydream about the next fish I'm going to catch. You know, what I did what I did wrong on that fish, you know, what what's the next bait I should try? You know, it, it just, oh man, I love it. It just got me hooked into it. And then uh, growing up in a military family, I moved around a lot. And, you know, the bonus on that is I got to fish all these different places. And it, it's just been awesome. That is so cool of that piece with the military family, because I, too, we were talking offline, but I, too, grew up military family. I, I wasn't heavy into fishing, unfortunately, as a kid. But we moved some places where I should have been lights out getting after it. I mean, we lived in Iaea, Hawaii, <laughs> so I should have been out there and just crushing it out in Hawaii, Connecticut, of course, the Carolinas. Like, I, I have that regret, and I am so happy to hear that you were able to do something like that on your travels, man. That's phenomenal. It, it was amazing, you know, always being the, the new kid in places and moving around a lot. It was hard to make friends, but fishing and being in Mother Nature was always there for me. Yeah, for sure was. That makes sense there. So since that time, you know, you've been up traveling, doing that, living your life, going into the fun part of adulthood, which, by the way, is a total trap. Kids, don't do it. Just stay kids and enjoy it. What type <laughs> yes, of fish? Yes, don't do it. Never grow up. <laughs> no, it's, it's horrible. <laughs> what type of fishing do you like to do now? You know, I like to do it all. I really do it. Ice fishing, trolling, jigging in the boat, in the river, in, in off the beach. The, the surf fishing, though, is, is definitely one of my favorites. I, I absolutely love that. And, and anybody can do it. You go spend the day at the beach. You don't have to buy expensive boats, you know, to get into the into this hobby. And it, it it's just it's just an amazing way to catch fish. Yeah definitely is we got so much shoreline here in the continental united states there's so much room to get a line wet there is and then there's places too you know like assateague island down there by maryland where you can take your vehicles onto the beach here in alaska you can take your vehicles onto the beach you actually get the fish out of fish out of your truck like when we catch halibut here off the beach i call it truck to table right instead of farm to table it's truck to table there buddy (laughs) (laughs) yes dude That's so cool. Oh, you know what? I know we're recording this, but I think you just gave me the title right there. So it's going to be Truck to Table with Randy Cisco. There it is. Sold. <laughs> Done. Right. I, I love, love it. it. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your favorite thing about fishing? 
you know, it's getting away from the hustle and bustle of daily life. When I, the years before I was a guide, you know, and instead of working and slaving all the day or sitting in traffic and you get out and it's just peaceful. You, you got no bosses yelling at you and all that. It, it, it's just, it, the water just calls me home. It's, it's, I call it my church. That's where I find my, you know, peace, peace of mind. And then, you know, once I became a fishing guide, the favorite thing for me is getting that kid onto a fish. You know, maybe it's his first fish in his life. And just that smile, that kid's guy, they just glow up. But that's, that's my favorite thing, no doubt. I mean, that, that's kind of why I do this and do what I do is to just enjoy that moment and, and make memories with people from all over the world that will last a lifetime for them. Dude, you brought up the whole the ocean is your church. It made me think of Adam J. His song, the that's yeah, like, we, I, I love that song. It's like yes, yeah, right. we love Adam J. Man, that guy's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. We all love some Adam J. I met him. Uh, I met him at ICAST last year, and he's the exact same. Good energy, positive guy. You know, he actually stopped and had a conversation. His wife was with him, and I was like, I'm so sorry, we're stealing your husband for like 30 seconds. We know you're busy, <laughs> but she was phenomenal. That whole he was just a great dude. He was willing to talk fishing, and he's like, All right, I got to run. We're like, Yeah, dude, we're surprised you even hung out for 10 seconds thank you so yeah real cool dude right there real cool yeah um, and definitely enjoyed his videos through through the years yeah so what is your favorite fish to target my favorite fish to target oh maybe the next one that i'm after <laughs> <laughs> you know maybe the next one or maybe the one i just lost <laughs> oh, See if i can't get my get my lure back or something right you know it's happened before i've been i've actually pulled that off <laughs> you know, caught a fish I've lost before. It, it really depends on where I'm at. If I'm down on Assateague Island, I like to target the stripers and, and maybe some sharks or drum. Um, up here in Alaska, it's one of the few places in the world that you can get halibut off of the beach. That's my favorite thing to target up here, and that's kind of what we focus on. And, and there's places here, too, that you can get into lingcod from shore. It it's really is an amazing place. Oh, wow. So moving around, you got a little bit different species options. That's pretty cool. We do, yeah, and it all depends on where you're at in Alaska, but d down here on the Kenai Peninsula, you've got your, your dogfish shark, your spiny dogfish, you've got your sole, your uh, Irish lords, your, you know, Alaskan-sized halibut, um, two different types of flounder, and you never know. Something can come down this inlet loss, and you could hook them. <laughs> Sometimes you never know. You know, last year, uh, we, I hooked it into a salmon shark, which I thought was maybe a 100, 150-pound halibut. And I waited out in the water, you know, the gas in my teeth, all excited. I got my customer on there. I finally get it to my leader, and I raise up a little bit. And, you know, no, it was a, it was a salmon shark staring right at me. <laughs> well, I, I tell you. I almost filled my waders full from the inside there. Yeah. Oh man. I almost I was didn't. not expecting that face. I almost did in my chair here. I can just imagine the eye contact. Sup. You you wanna you wanna go? <laughs> no. Come <laughs> just get you off the hook, bro. You're good. You're good. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it was a good time though. And the customer had a great time. We we fought it for forty five minutes, and but but unfortunately, we spent the good time fighting him when the good bite was on for the halibut. So it was one of the only fish we caught that day. Oh, ouch! Well, hey, no skunk though. That's a win. Always no, a win. No, no skunk. <laughs> nice. What has been one of your very favorite fishing memories? Man, my favorite fishing memories. 
would be fishing with my dad or fishing with my grandpa growing up, you know, because when, when you're young like that, your dad and your grandpa, they're your heroes, and you just want to spend time with them as much as you can, and th th those memories are always near and dear to my heart. But outside of that, I, I joined an organization called Fishing Has No Boundaries. And what we do is we take, you know, disabled or handicapped kiddos who have really bad disabilities and stuff, whether they're wheelchair browned or quadriplegic or whatever it is, we take them out fishing for that day. And we show them that fishing has no boundaries. No matter what life is, is, is dealt you, you can still go fishing. And taking those kids who have horrible days in and days out and give them a beautiful day to get away from their worries, Every year when fishing has on boundaries has their event. That's my favorite day to go fishing. That's my favorite fishing memories and fishing days. Dude, that's gotta be cool. I, I'm going to look that up. I, I look forward to finding out about fishing has no boundaries now. I definitely want to talk to them because that's, there's nothing better than getting a kid out there and seeing that smile when they're pulling in a fish. Oh, it's amazing. Like say they, and sometimes it could be, you know, like a war veteran who may have ran into an IED and does only has this much left of their arms or something like that. We've, we've got poles that you can strap to whatever's left that are electric. We, you know, we can, we definitely show them that fishing has no boundaries, no matter what we can put you on fish, get you out there and have a good day and just leave your worries behind, you know, for a little bit. That's one of the best things about fishing. Definitely is. So do you have a craziest or favorite catch? Uh, I think the craziest and, and one of my favorites is that I was living in Colorado at the time and I was headed to Assateague Island for their, uh, their striper tournament and the hurt, I can't remember the name of the hurricane, but the hurricane was coming through. Like we showed up in ocean city, Maryland, like six hours after that hurricane kind of blew through there. And people were calling me, families calling me, telling us we're crazy to go out there. But I was, I was all excited. It's like you never know what, what kind, of, what kind of fish is going to be blowing in towards the shore that we could get into that day. And we, we worked hard and hard. And nobody was catching fish, but the fish got smiled upon us, and I was able to put a 52-pound striper on the beach on tournament day. And it just, it just made all that hard work and stuff just, uh, just worth it. That was an amazing fish that I got to share with one of my best friends, Dan. It was just awesome. That is not a tiny fish. 52-pound striper. That is some beefcake. 52-pound striper, baby. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So now we're going to move into your the, one of my favorite parts of the show because we're talking about the knowledge piece. So fishing tips, tricks, and knowledge. And these are all about your personal fishing time, not your charters. We're going to get into that here in a little while. So let's start with the first one. How do you plan your fishing trips? You know, I plan them around my each individual customer. And I'm being up here in Alaska, people travel pretty far to get up here. We're pretty far away from the rest of the world. So it's not all about what we offer. It's it's what other people around us up here offer. So it's it's what you want to do and experience while, the, while you're here, whether it's surf fishing with us or getting on a charter boat with, like, say, real salty charters who do a, do a hell of a job up here or, or hitting the rivers with us or somebody that, that has a drift boat chasing the salmon. And then other things like, you know, dog sledding trips with Team Zappa, and those guys do a great thing or in the summertime. So you can go with an Iditarod sled dog team. They run you around the woods. You know, it, it's all about what experience they want to have you know if you want lunch on the beach you know there's so many options i can go on and on it's just basically what, whatever the customer wants let's go out there and get it done we want them to have the, the alaskan experience at one that they deserve and two that they want okay so that's pretty good for that one so let's talk about but for you personally if you know that hey i'm gonna go fish somewhere different how do you plan that 
Oh, I, yeah, I study <laughs> like a lot of us, right? Like, yeah. Many sleepless nights as closer as the trip gets, I get no sleep. You know, I'm looking at tide charts. I'm looking at topo grass if they're available. I'm going in the local tackle shops. They're usually a great source of knowledge on um, the social media area, the YouTubers, the Facebook, you know, you can do a little bit of research and reach out. And then for me, once I get there, oh, even I was this way when I was young, too. I would look for the old guy. You know, I would look for the old guy on the beach or at the lake or at the river and ask him if you minded if I, if, you know, if I talk to him, you know, some of them want to be left alone, but if they, you'll get the best information from the old guy that's been doing it for 30, 40 years, they're the best knowledge. Yes, they are. Absolutely. The encyclopedia that you just have to find a way to hack. Coffee doesn't, <laughs> coffee doesn't hurt. Uh. <laughs> No. <laughs> if, if you're in New England, I'd say, you know, go grab some Dunkin' and some Marlboro's and uh, you might be okay. <laughs> yeah, and maybe maybe a Wawa sandwich. I can oh, tell you, I miss Wawa. Wawa sandwiches up here, brother. We don't have them. <laughs> uh, I wish we had Wawa over here in the peninsula or end of the panhandle, but I only get it when I get to go over to the East Coast side of Florida. And you're right. Those sandwiches, there's, there's something different about their breakfast and lunch sandwiches. Yeah. It's just perfect. You know, get your boys and your six pack, whatever you want. And that three, four foot long sandwich, go out there for a time. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. So let's talk about spot selection. So you've already done your research. You're like, all right, cool. I'm good there. How do you choose your spot to fish? Man, um, safety first for me. I need to know the area. Like, for example, up here, if I'm going to go somewhere new, knowing that these are the fourth largest tides in the world, and that I'm fishing in an inlet, and it, there's a bluff that meets meets the ocean here, and there's going to be tides that, that are large that can go all the way to the bluff and lead you no room. You'll lose your truck, you know, and all, wow. all that kind of stuff. So it's so it's really safety first, and, th and then just kind of go from there, you know, talk talk with folks and maybe maybe be in the area and you know i've been doing doing this fishing thing for a very long time i can read the surf line and the beach here we don't have like sandbars and stuff that you do in a lot of places surf fishing it's just kind of like flat you don't really gain too much depth you know and from other places and other and it's just you know it's really like where's the where's the bait fish at where's the hooligan at where's where's the uh, herring at try to find out where they're, they're at and then you know then head that direction oh wow so that causes a whole lot of extra challenge in trying to get the game on because i mean everywhere else it you does. go you're looking at wave height you're like all right where's the hole all right there's a hole right there where's a cut there's a cut <laughs> where's the rip there's the yeah. rip that's yep. you got a that's... lot more to contend with yeah, and it's um. There's so many fish up here, though. The odds are the odds, and the goods are good, and the odds are good. You're gonna get the goods. It's just, it's just kind of spend your time, um, like anywhere else I'd fish. You know, my some of my advice would be change your baits every 15 or 20 minutes. You know, uh, if you continually not catching, change your bait to something else. Uh, bring friends so you can have more rods out. Dial it in that way. Yeah, nothing wrong with more rods. <laughs> no, no. You know that you know up here in Alaska, they've got a rule of one rod per person. That's kind of why I opened up a guide service so we could throw out six rods. Wow! And get after it, right? <laughs> a, a single per person. Jeez. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That that one's hard on me. You know, you know, surf fishing on the East Coast where you could use every one you got. You yeah. know. And that one was hard on me, but hey, you only need one rod. It only takes one. That's perfect. I mean, well, it is less running, which is kind of nice. You're not doing the shuttle run between number one and number four when they're both going off like, okay, I can get this one and I can yeah. run to that one. <laughs> 
Wow. Uh, you know the golden rule too, right? It's always the end rod that goes. Oh, always. <laughs> always. One of the things that Justin, uh, my buddy, I always fish with, uh, Justin Reed from Justin Reed Fishing, is uh, if the bite isn't on, he, he will walk down to my poles. So he's up, you know, 50 yards away from his. And every time he does, his rods go off. I'm like, I really hate that work. And I'll move over to his sometimes and watch mine. And I get maybe a 50%. But uh, yeah, that's always a fun one. So we talked about this piece with selecting a spot and you mentioned basically throw it anywhere, but let's talk about casting because if you're doing that piece up there, you've got to cast you. I always play the distance game and, you know, trying to find it. What do you do up there? You know, it distance, distance can be key here. Um, you know, we fish two hours before and two hours after high tide. We have two high tides a day. And that's, and because we're in the inlet, the current is not, you know, you know, going east and west is pretty strong. I mean, we've got, you know, sometimes 20, 20 feet of water, 25 feet of water moving in and out in that six hour period of time and in, in and out of slack tide or, you know, what they call slack tide up here, boy, the current is ripping. So we're, we're throwing big eight ounce weights. You know, we're using 12 foot rods that are rated six to 16 with eight right in the middle of the sweet spot of that rod. So we can get them out there. Wow. With, uh, you know, sometimes distance is key. I mean, you know, say I've got a few people with me fish and I'll throw them one as far as I can get it, weigh it out as far as I, you know, feel comfortable and, you know, get that as far as I can, you know, 100 yards plus and then dial it in 100 and the next one try to plunk it in at 80, the next rod, you know, 60. This this rod goes, throw another throw another one out in that area if that one goes. And then we, then we know, oh, they're 80 yards out, 60 yards out, and we put all rods right on top of them. Makes sense. Okay, so you're doing the same thing when it comes like a – I don't know. The best way I describe it was just taught to me was the cell phone tower, you know, short, medium, long, 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 long. So it makes <laughs> yep. a lot of sense. Okay. So you, you do a lot of different fishing up there. And like you said, you, you, on your charters, you customize it, but for your personal time, what are you normally going out? Like, Hey, I'm going surf fishing today. What are you normally targeting? You know, it's, it's, I'm usually targeting going after the halibut, but with the setups that we use, you know, uh, and, and we use fresh herring and that's pretty much the go-to bait for us. You can use squid and some other things, hooligan and other things, but I, I go with the freshest herring I can find and just about everything out there eats the herring. So while you're targeting halibut, you're also going to catch these other species. Okay. So fresh, fresh dead baits, your happy place. Do you use any of the artificials or is it always the fresh is what makes it happen? Uh, for me, it's it's the eight and bait thing, the hatter yep. receiving, if you will. That's uh-huh. kind of how I do it, the old eight and bait there, you know. Uh, I don't toss many lures as I'm getting older, and, you know, th- throwing that rod that many times all day really takes a number on me these days. That makes a so ton I, I don't do I don't do too much, you know, up here anyways. I don't do too much tossing jigs or, or you know, spoons or anything like that. But when I visit places like Hawaii, for example, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm tossing spoons and jigs and lures. And so, you know, maybe have one rod set up with baits and the other one I'll pitch every here and there, you know? Yeah, yeah. It makes a lot of sense for that. Well, now that we're talking about that, this is the perfect time. It's been 22 minutes. You know what that means, folks. You got to check your bait. It is your first bait check of the episode. Reel that line in. Make sure you got good bait on there. And if you do, awesome. Maybe you need to change it because it didn't get touched. Or maybe it's gone. 
Either way, get some new bait back on there, throw that line back out, and go catch that fish. This bait check is being brought to you by The Sinker Guy. Go over to thesinkerguy.com and look at all the stuff that Chip's got going on in The Sinker Guy garage. You need Sputniks? He's got you covered. It's in his name, The Sinker Guy. Maybe you need to get your hands on some different types of fishing rigs. The Bruno rig, the Mortician rig. Oh, yep, he's got them. Terminal tackle, maybe some parts or tools that you need. Uh, great bait scissors, braid scissors, a whole bunch of different things that I could go on and list. But head on over to thesinkerguy.com, take a look at everything. He's got it there. Get your order in. Super fast shipping, great customer service. So now that you've done all that, when you talked about that, which is perfect on the bait because that solved that problem. And you mentioned rigs um, between the spoons, but you mentioned soak. So let's talk about the rigs. How? What kind of rigs do you use when you're doing set rigs or set uh, doing bait? I guess the biggest for folks to come want to look up and, and kind of see what we're doing. Um, it's similar to a Carolina rig, or I think they call them fish finder rig. It, it's your it's your eight ounce pyramid weight, so to speak, on that slider that comes down, and then you've got your bit of, bit of leader with your hook at the end of that. That puts the you know the weight will sit sit down out here, and, you know maybe wiggle down into the mud or into the rocks and stay there, and then the bait will be swimming around, jerking around in the current, and that kind of gives it a little bit of action. It's it's pretty much a how to receiving technique. If anybody want, wants to look that up, you should be able to find it there. I didn't know about the Hatteras heave until uh, my buddy Matt at Ninja Tackle. He was like, yeah, you never heard of this? I'm like, I don't know anything about North Carolina fishing. I don't know anything about it. I've been to Hatteras once, and that was on accident. So and that's when I learned, oh, eight ounces of weight bait, and oh, just chuck that monster. Oh, and it's amazing watching them fly. I, I just love it. <laughs> I do. It's, <laughs> it's just amazing. The first time I saw somebody do, do the distance casting thing, my jaw dropped. No doubt. It's amazing. I didn't, until then, I didn't know we could do that. Oh, dude. I've, so I'm going to have an episode coming up soon uh, with Tommy Farmer about distance casting and how they all do that stuff. And one of the things that he said offline, you know, we were talking to messenger. He's like, it's all about technique. He's like, you can have a bunch of weight on there or no weight. Everything comes down to your technique. And I was like, okay. And, and that, and that is absolutely true. It, it is all technique, not muscle. Um, some guys will do the pendulum cast where they, they build energy into the kind of like swinging around, the, you know, the weight and the bait and all that. And then the, the, you even face the shoreline instead of the beach. And then the last moment you turn your body and everything rotate to your face in the ocean and let it rip. I mean, it, it's just amazing. And it, it is, it's all technique. You know, we've taught 14 year olds to cast a hundred yards. It just takes practice time and experience. And the next thing you know, you're doing it. See everybody. There you go. It's not BS that you're hearing here. It's not about the biceps or anything. It's all about technique. You got to find the technique that works for you and it goes smooth. Yeah, you got that right. <laughs> <laughs> so you already nailed the part about fishing in a new place. You already said talking about, you know, go to the shops, talk to people. But let's talk about those uh, never fun days. How do you adjust tactics for fishing when the bite isn't on fire? Oh, Work harder. <laughs> you know, I'm not going home, so I'll just work harder. Nothing drives me crazy than a rod sitting still. I, oh, I tell you what, you know, and then I've got my go-to, you know, like you'll, I'll, I'll put, you know, fresh baits out. I'll put some smelly jelly sauce on it. I'll go over to squid. I'll go over to this. I'll jump in the truck and run, you know, even hundred yards down the beach. You might just be missing out because you're, you're hundred yards, 30 yards off where they come in and then turn and go back out. You know, if you're, if you're not catching and you're doing the same thing you were doing, you ain't catching for the rest of the time you're out there unless you switch <laughs> something up. You know, it's just, yeah. They, what do they call that? Insanity is doing the same thing 
you know, or, or failing at the same thing, doing the same thing and yep. expecting a, a, a change, you know? Yep. Yep. Same thing with the same result. Never good. That is definitely insanity. Well, you've done in that area and you've traveled around Alaska. So, but other, you know, like you said, you've been to Hawaii and you moved around a lot as a kid and doing a lot of fishing there. How is fishing different in your area than some of the others in the local Alaska area that you've noticed? You know, it's the abundance of fish that's up here. And it's part of the, it's, it's how do I put it? It, it? It's like ingrained everybody up here. It's part of the culture. Everybody fishes here. It's just amazing. And when the fishing season and on, that's the hubbub and talk of the town. It, it's just amazing. That, that, that's the biggest difference is everybody fishes here. You have almost, you'll have a hard time finding somebody who doesn't fish. Damn. You know, that's, that's just amazing to me. Like I'm in paradise, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. I mean, when, it, when a state gives the schools uh, certain days for substance fishing and hunting, you know, you're in an outdoors paradise. Yeah. 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 And, and that's the biggest difference. And the tides here in the Cook Inlet are absolutely the biggest difference. Being the fourth largest in the world, I, I, it's just amazing. I mean, the first time I came to my house, I, I live on the bluff, so I'm, I'm oceanfront property. And I went out and looked out off my bluff and looked at the ocean and was like, this is an amazing place. And come back out there like six hours later and it looked like the ocean was gone. I was almost thinking tsunami. It's, it's just amazing how much water moves in and comes in in that short period of time, you know, having two lows and two highs a day. I mean, 25 foot tidal swell in six feet of water. That is several hundred yards of drag away. Oh yeah. It, yeah. When it, when it's, a, we get these negative tides, they call them clamming tides up here. Cause on the negative tides, it exposes the clam beds. You can kind of go out and do clamming. That water goes so far out there. It's, it's unbelievable. Oh man. I look forward to seeing that. It's, I mean, I've seen it obviously on the East coast, but up in new England and, you know, I've seen boats sitting on their bottom there. Like, yep, yep. You're just waiting for the tide, <laughs> yep. but a 25 foot swing is just, that's monstrous. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's it's amazing to see. And it's not like that always, you know, it's, it's, sometimes it's only a 14 foot tide on the high and, you know, maybe a six or something on the low. So not much water's moving in and out, but sometimes it's a 22 foot tide on the high and like a negative four or something on the low and you're getting close <laughs> to 30 feet moving. And it's, it's just amazing. Oh, definitely. You know, cool. I think that the worst part of it is, is for the guys in the boats down in Homer, when it's the negative tide, the boat ramp is almost like climbing up a hill. <laughs> you know? Oh man. Oh, that would be horrible. Well, you definitely have to play with seasons. Obviously winter up there, you know, is real. You guys have real winter Yeah. and your summers are beautiful and it does get nice and warm and comfortable and all that too. It does get hot and black flies are assholes. So, when it, <laughs> oh yeah, I know about the black flies. I shouldn't know about that, but I know about them. Uh, so when it comes to seasonal fishing, what do you notice is the best times to go fishing? Just depends on what you're targeting. Um, you know, if, you, if you're going, if you want, you know, if you're talking surf fishing and, and you want to get that, you know, because it's one of the few places in the world you can get halibut from the beach. Yeah. So here, 
you know, the, the hooligan run starts coming in, and it's starting to now just a little bit. The hooligan will start running up the inlet, and, you know, the, the halibut will kind of follow them in, getting close to shore. So you're talking like May to the second week of June. It's just amazing for catching on halibut off the beach here. So I kind of, I even kind of call it a halibut run, if you will. They got a spring run. They kind of run up the inlet. I'll sit up here in Whiskey Gulch, you know, south of me, and I'll hear reports from down there going, oh, in a couple, and here in a few days, they'll be in my backyard, you know. You can kind of follow them on up. And then they hang out all summer long. And then in the fall, like, you know, through September, last week of August and through September, it is just killer then, too. It, I mean, and then, then you have a good chance of catching your bigger ones as well. All right. So is catching a halibut and trying to catch them almost like catching flounder? Like you got to just wait and be patient and they're really methodical? Uh, not, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't okay. have to say no. That's these, good to me. I'm like, loving that. <laughs> you know, like th these guys here, these halibut, you know, and I've been after them for a few years now and kind of studying them. They're, they're true predators. And yeah, they don't, they don't mess around with the baits too much. Um, they may do a little bit of nibble, but they usually suck it back and just run. You know, a lot of times the rod and the rod holder is just completely bent over and it's looking like it's going to jump out. You know, you look, it almost looks like you're going to lose your rod holder in your rod. They, they grab them and run and they definitely put on a, put on a good fight and they're just, they're just odd. I'll be out in the boat and say 200 feet of water and there'll be a school of halibut swim underneath our boat at 20 feet. You know, a lot of people think that they're just bottom, lazy bottom fish. They're not, they love chasing stuff. They will hunt that whole, you know, water column, no matter where you're at. Wow. That's really cool. I didn't like know we, that. Like we, we pick them up trolling a lot. We, you know, say we're, we're chasing King salmon or, you know, we out there for sea run dollies or just a good day on the ocean. We'll, you know, the majority of the time we'll catch a halibut or two trolling big spoons. No kidding. Oh, 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 man. So what kind of pound test do you need for for going after halibut? You know, for me, I'm all about distance casting. So I tell this to a lot of people. Some of them don't believe me, but it, but it's a fact. I, I use up here, I upped to 20 pound test. And the main reason that is, is the higher pound test you go, the shorter your distance is going to be in your cast by a lot. Right. Right. So what I like is the uh, Suffolk Siege. It's kind of a little bit more designed for, for the harsh environments of the ocean floor and the current stuff nicking and ticking on your line. And then anywhere else, I'm using 17 pound test. Like even on Assateague Island or out in Hawaii, I'm using 17 pound test. No kidding. But we're using, you know, we're using the big spools. It, it's all about tiring the fish out, not muscling them in. If they want to run 150 yards straight till then you really need to take a breath, let them do it. They'll come in eventually. Yeah, you know, just just keep contact, keep patience, and, and enjoy it too. Enjoy it while you got them on. It's so much fun. See that part you brought up right there—the keeping the contact, keeping the line somewhat tight—it keeps that keeps that hook pinned. You know, and if you're yeah. muscling it, you're just giving them a lip piercing and giving your hook a reason to slip out. But yeah, just yep. keeping that tension makes a huge in drag manipulation. You will get a lot of fish on light test with good drag play. That's right. Yeah, no doubt. That's so and, it, cool. and it's just a lot of fun. Muscling them in, I've seen people try and do that. And you can you can even rip the hook out of their lip. You could be the one that, that did the damage. Or you're yanking and cracking on them so hard you broke your knot, you know, which is the most important thing in your lineups or not. If your knot's not going to hold, you should just stay home, buddy. <laughs> you got to learn them knots. <laughs> that is important. Very, very, very important. Well, all right. So let's move into it. Let's move into your business. Let's move into the charters. What got you into guiding? Yeah. 
because I, I can't have a regular job, brother. All I do is dream about fishing, you know, and like I can't concentrate on anything like anything else. I just I just love it so much. And when I finally realized that, oh, you can actually make a bit of money taking people fishing, I, I was sold from day. I was sold from there. You know, I, I worked hard at it and got trusted 11 mile sports in Colorado. And next thing you know, I was guiding for them. And it's it's just a it's just a way of life for some of us. That's all we want to do, you know. Like Adam J says, that's my church out there. Let's go to church. And you can, <laughs> you know, you can wear rubber boots at my church. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, so, what comes with going on a trip with you? Um, the, uh, so the normal trip for us is uh, we fish two hours before high tide, two hours after, just because the currents are so nasty in between that that it's it's almost unfishable. And, you know, we just, we, we go down there. I've got my beach truck with the surf rack on the back of it, you know, plenty of gear. And we just drive down the beach in this beautiful state and find a nice spot and hang out and get to, get to catch and fish, you know, and just, and just enjoy the day. And, and what, what I do a little bit different than some others is I take the time to teach. I got not tying classes. I've got, you know, um, casting classes lessons when the when the fishing dies down a little bit that's the time to go over some gear and let people know you know what to use like i don't want to see somebody go spend three four hundred bucks getting a setup and they go out there and realize oh that's not what i want for this you know what i mean i needed to get this and need to get that now they got to spend more money on, on you know on other gear we take the time though to teach like we want people to be successful from the surf after one tie with us i mean i know that's a bad business plan you don't need us after that but that's what we do that's not a bad I, like so we talked about it offline i mean i plan to have this plan when i go somewhere new i can drag all my gear i can drag my daggers and all my rigs and everything or i can go go on a charter and be like yeah cool all right you show me how to fish here all right i can go down the beach a little bit further away and learn and maybe take it with me into another place so yeah the one one yeah. thing from you like the I always believe that if you go out with a charter guy, you are going to get a lifetime reward of knowledge. And I think it's great that you're doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, we, we want, we want people to be successful out there, especially the kiddos. We want them to get them hooked on fishing and out there fishing instead of running the streets and getting in trouble, you know? Yep. So you mentioned it earlier, but I think it's probably gonna be the same answer. What do you normally target when you're on a charter? It's the halibut for the okay. most part. We, we talk, we target what, what the customer wants, you know, if they want salmon, we'll, we'll find out where the salmon are in the Kenai or seal off river and we'll go there and we'll catch salmon. If, if they want the halibut, we hit the beach. If they want to catch, you know, cause we'll get guys who want to harvest their limit of the dogfish sharks, you know? So that's what we'll do. I'll go out there, find out where they're at, you know, and then we'll just take them right to the spot and, you know, we'll, we'll put them on fish we'll put them, we'll basically just whatever they want to do. We'll target whatever you want. <laughs> Perfect. What is your favorite part about running a charter? Getting to fish with people from all over the world, being able to share my passion for fishing with others. You know, like one of my favorites is, is we do get a lot of people who've never fished before, you know what I mean? Or you get the single, the single mom, if you will, who's, she's got a couple of kids and they, they've never gone fishing. We get them down here. We put them, we put, we tie them on the fish. And the next thing you know, the kid else running around, mom, mom, I want to get a fishing pole. I want to go fishing next weekend. I'm, I know I did my job. <laughs> that's, that's my favorite, right? Yeah. It's, it, it's just sharing my passion for fish. And it's an amazing sport. Really truly is. How is running a charter different than your normal fishing day? 
uh, it's really not. (laughs) 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 Brother, I I fish hard, whether it's by myself or with customers (laughs) or my friends. I mean, maybe the subjects we talk about may be a little different than when it's me and my buddies, but, you know, (laughs) that's about it, right? You know, we might talk more about the Yankees, you know, if it's me and my buddies and we do bait presentation when it's customers, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. What is the, uh, what's your service area? With my licensing and stuff, I'm pretty much run, you know, from Homer to Nikiski, which is about 40 miles of beach or so, but... I'm usually out of Nanilchek. I've got access to a private road that's just a little bit down the street from me. So I only drive two miles. I've got lines in the water within six minutes from my place, and it is a hell of a spot to be. Right in between two rivers, especially in the fall, when all the salmon carcasses are kind of trundling down the river, drawing in the crabs and all that. For halibut, they love eating those little crabs. So when, when those carcasses start hitting, start hitting the waters around here, there's a lot of halibut near shore. Okay. So, I mean, I obviously did a little bit of, because I know nothing of Alaska other than one must go sometime in life, but Homer being all the way down there at the bottom, down at, uh, what's that, Catch Ketchmack Bay, I think it is? Um, but, it is. It's Ketchmack Bay, yeah. Land's End, they call it. Okay, there you go. But running Route 1, north or south, you've got nothing but just green and water. Green and water. Yes. Stop and fish. Go there. Yep. And it's just amazing. Bring your freshwater gear and bring your saltwater gear. You know, you can, you do the, you do the, you know, four hours on the tide, run down the street, get your salmon pole out, hit the river, start catching dollies and steelhead, you know, and salmon, king salmon, sockeye salmon, pink salmon, you, you name it, man. Silver salmon. It's just an amazing place to be proficient. And it, it, I see why it's a bucket list for people. It just took one visit. And Alaska called me home and I, and I did the crazy thing of sell what we could and ran to Alaska. And it looks like a, I made the right decision. Yeah. Especially if you're happy and it sounds like you really are. It's, I don't, I can't hear any negative here from you even one bit besides like, I'd love to go tell my wife we're going to Alaska would, and she'd be like, yeah, not happening. But I love how we, happy we, that you are. Well, we talked about a little bit of the negative. It's called the winter. Well, yeah, there is that. The, the big word. <laughs> if you can put if you can put up with the winters, it's an amazing place to be. I mean, in the wintertime, too, you, you've got the ice fishing up here and then winter king fishing out of Homer. You know, you can go out in the salt in the wintertime, get on get on the king salmon, get on the silver salmon, um, you know, go after lingcod, go go after whatever's in season. You know, just make sure that you you know where you're going to. Make sure you know that the waters are open to fishing before you go. Definitely an important factor for sure. Well, we've actually gone up. Dang, time is just flying here. We're already at our second bait check of the episode. Who knew? Man, I'm having so much fun. It already passed by me. This is the second bait check of the episode. Bring that line in. Check it. Make sure it's good. Hopefully you've caught a bunch of fish by now. Because that's what we're here for. Catch more fish. This bait check is being brought to you by Ninja Tackle. Go over to NinjaTackleVA.com and go ahead and fall in love with that wonderful set of rods known as the Dagger Series. You want to get your hands on a travel rod? He's got it. A three, well, four piece, technically, seven footer. Love that rod, that seven foot series. I have brought in some really large fish and it has not failed me. Love that rod. It is always with me in the car. Maybe you need to get up a little bit into the eight, six, nine foot, 11 foot, 12 foot. He's got them all. So great series, huge, just 
perfect rods. I'd love to say anything else, but it's just my favorite rod. Any terminal tackle and rigs, he's got them. And if you're into firearms and shooting accessories, he's got that too with Ninja Tactical. Any kind of optics or firearm accessories, check them out on there. Lots of cool stuff. NinjaTackleVA.com. Get your order set up for today. Wow, man, I can't believe how fast time's flying. <laughs> <laughs> that's both you know that's just jaw jacking about fishing brother i can do it all day yes absolutely yes so you've already said you did this one so we're going to skip the tailoring question we're going to move on to the next one how do people book a trip with you or look up going on a charter you know you can look us up on compassion through fishing.com um i have compassion through fishing facebook page as well um they can give me a uh you know, they can just call me at 907-953-4741. That's 907-95-FISH-1. Come fish one tide with us, and we'll make we'll make you more successful. I guarantee it. Oh, look at, dude, that is awesome. You got the right words and everything. <laughs> I, I had to plug it. I had to plug it. Oh, I'm so glad you did. Are you kidding? That's so cool. <laughs> Nicely done. Oh, so you've been running a charter for a while. What has been some valuable lessons learned after starting and running this business? Um, some the value. Well, I'm still kind of learning the harder lessons. Uh, you know, the running a business is hard. I'm not good at paperwork. I'm good at catching fish. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, and it's the actual the, the stuff that we don't want to talk about. You know, the paperwork and what it, what it what it takes to run a company. You know, but that you know maybe a little bit of. If I could have given myself advice, you know, 15 years ago, it would have been like take a business class just for that aspect of things. And then just some of my favorites, it, it's just some of the best lessons is how lucky am I to get to do this for a living? You know, it just it just humbles me. I, I absolutely love taking people fishing you know, teaching them fishing, helping them feed their families, getting them away from, you know, their daily grind. It, it, it's just an amazing thing. I mean, you know, if you, you know, folks out there, if you, you know, you have the sickness that I do and we just want to go fishing all the time, guiding might be for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you find yourself sitting somewhere and your boss asks you a question and you go, what was that? Because you were thinking about the fish you lost or the big one that got away or what fly you're going to tie when you get home. Maybe shift gears. <laughs> yeah, your, your passion is definitely not at that desk there at that moment. <laughs> no. <laughs> You guys do a lot of beach fishing. Uh, well, you do a lot of tournaments, apparently. I was hearing about that. So talk to me about your beach cleanup and surf fishing tournaments. Yeah, so one of the first things I noticed up here that the 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 surf fishing, you know, just that nobody caught on to it, if you will. None of the tackle shops had, you know, any gear to go get. And it just started to drive me nuts. So I just went, you know, I should throw a tournament because I've helped 11 Mile Sports do tournaments in the past. So I figured out how to do it. We got our gaming licensing and everything to do it. And, you know, so part of being a surf fisherman, you know, for us is there's a little bit of a creed to that where you need to be, you should be stewards of the beach. You know, we're the, we're the last defense to pick up the trash before it goes in the ocean, you know, that kind of thing. So what we, what I did was we made our tournament a beach cleanup first, surf fishing tournament second, meaning at check-in, we'll give you a trash bag that we want you to put your Coke cans and sandwich wrappers and, you know, in there that you brought with you to the beach. And then anything in your fishing area into that. And then you bring me your, your trash at the end of, at checkout. 
I look in it, make sure it didn't come out of your kitchen. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> kind of deal, right? Make sure some of it came off the beach. Now your fish are eligible for cash prizes. If you don't participate in the beach cleanup, your fish are ineligible. And it's just a way to promote, you know, stewardship for the for the ecosystem. You know, for you know, we don't want to trash what we love. Dude, I love that. I'm, you and know, then, uh, we you just you just caused that to happen here in Florida now. Um, so I'm going to poke that at every single tournament. Well, I'm I'm working on one. Shh, we're not telling anyone. Oh crap! Um, <laughs> but that should be. I think that should be a part of every tournament. You know, hey, bring a couple pieces of trash, uh, please. Yeah, because you know, you're right. We are the last defense before it goes in the water. Yeah, we we are. Some things get to floating in the river, and and unfortunately, you know, we I see myself anyways because I fish a lot. I'm pulling more and more plastic and more and more, you know, just trash stuff that falls off of boats and whatever on my lines into shore. And, you know, it's like, well, let, we are the last defense, so let's let's get after it. And then, you know, part of being being a steward of, of the ecosystem too is we made our tournament a measure in. So you, you'll measure your fish, you know, you know, skates and rays, they're, they're done by wingspan. Other fish are done, you know, from head to tail or down the middle of the tail normally. That way we didn't have truckloads of dead fish that were going to go to waste, like sculpin and, and some of the flatter that folks don't eat up here and the dogfish sharks that some people don't eat up here. We just didn't want that. So we, we you know, if you wanted to catch and release this tournament, you can. Perfect. That's that's really cool because that also plays very big into our other favorite thing as fishermen. Well, I'm speaking for everybody. I shouldn't be, but conservation, so we can catch that damn fish again someday. Yeah, that's it. You know, I I want the kid that I just took fishing, say last week, to be able to take his kids fishing. You know, 20 yeah. years from now, and still still be successful. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Well, I've also seen that you're really active in your community and uh, in helping a lot. And you've talked about military in here and you talked about veterans in the very beginning. So what's going on up there and what what are you guys, what are you doing with the proud communities? So, you know, this, this is what we do. And uh, so on the tournament in general, we take 30% of entry fees and that goes to a, uh, a nonprofit that works with uh, veterans or military families. We choose a different one usually every year. This year we're going with Fallen Outdoors Team Alaska who take disabled veterans hunting and fishing in the state of Alaska. So they get 30%, you know what I mean, of the entry fees for our tournament it goes right to that. And then we raffle off a uh, 35 pound box of halibut fillets and then 100 percent of that those those go to our local food food shelter which is feeding the nilchecks hungry and then every there's, there's a percentage of every guide that that we do goes to the same organization that we choose for the year so for every every guide trip that we do any tournament or any event that we do you know, we're, we're here to, we're here to help out. And that's why we call it our, I call it ourselves compassion through fishing. We're, we're just trying to show some love through the sport that I love. Dude, you're doing so many great things up there. Thank you so much for that. You know, well, brother, we're trying, you know, <laughs> that's all we can do. <laughs> well, I mean, all these pieces right here, cause I, I fish plenty of tournaments and I think I've only been in one or two veteran tournaments, but even with the couple of things that you're doing up there, moving that into our world here, very easy, very, you know, very simple thing to do, but the way yeah. that you're doing it and showing how successful it is, that's freaking phenomenal. Just outstanding. 
you know, it's just, and it's just a way for, for me to, you know, give back, you know, give back to people, you know, it's, it's just a way for me to be able to do that as well. And that is our hope that that catches on, like being a stewardship, cleaning up after yourselves, putting your, you putting your beach fires dead out before you leave, you know, and then, and then helping others. I mean, I hope other people who are throwing tournaments and events, you know, can look at us and go, Hey, let, we want to do that. Let's, let's get a nonprofit involved that maybe works for kids or wor- works with whatever's close to your hearts. You know, me being from a military family, the the veteran issue is uh, cl- close to my heart. Like last year, for example, we did Connect Vets who helped, uh, we raised money for them. And they, what they do is they help veterans transition from military life to civilian life. And sometimes that can be difficult. And, and they've got mentorship programs, housing. One of the cool things that I really liked about them up here in Anchorage is they got an auto body shop that they can use for free. And if they're a disabled veteran, they'll do the work for them for free. So last year, we, we chose to raise money for those guys nicely done that's freaking outstanding true good stuff right there please do keep it up i know you don't need my words but god i hope you keep going <laughs> oh we sure will <laughs> well you've nailed everything into the guy so far we're coming up on the end here it's just flown right by man i'm loving this i'm almost sad we're close to the end what knowledge would you give to a brand new angler brand new angler guys safety first no doubt 100% safety first. Stay alive to fish another day, you know. See, for places like where I'm out here with the high tide, sometimes that tide won't leave you, you know, any room. You know, if you're, if you're out, out on the boat and you're new to boating, put your life jacket on. Put that, put the, uh, you know, safety switch clip to your pants so if you do fall out, the boat motor shuts off, you know. You know, safety first, you know. You know, that, that that's some of the best advice that I could give. And then, you know, don't get discouraged, stick at it. Talk to people around you this day and age. You've got social media that you got Facebook, you've got YouTubers, you know, you got this awesome guy, Brian demo doing podcasts, listen in, you're going <laughs> to learn a lot, you know, like, and then, you know, t- hire a recommended, uh, recommended fishing guide. That's willing to teach. He'll save you. All kinds of, you know, it'll, it'll save you all kinds of headaches from buying the wrong gear or tying the wrong knots or using the wrong bait. I mean, you can go to a tackle shop and they got aisles and aisles and aisles of lures to use. You know what I mean? Some of them aren't so good. Yeah. <laughs> Is it, you know, that it's fisherman candy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'll buy everything in aisle two if I had the money, right? But, that, but yeah. that's what I would recommend. And, and just stick to it. Have a good time. You know, a lot of fishermen are friendly. Talk to the person you see down the way that's catching fish if you're not catching anything. If you're consistently not catching fish, do something else. Like change up your baits or change up your presentation. Change the, the, the color of your line could matter. And you never know. Yeah, all fact. Yeah. Everything factors in. It really does. Yeah, and and your lo- and your local mom and pop bait shops. They have all kinds of knowledge. They're going to tell you right, no doubt that they're in the business. They want you successful, so you come back and buy everything in aisle two. Yeah, yep. that's what that's what that's what they want, right? <laughs> yeah, gone are the days of like when you know we were younger. You go into the tackle shop and it was upsell, upsell, upsell. Now you know it's gotten better over the years, and now it's to me it's like the it's like the library. You're going in there to gain knowledge. Like, all right, what's what's been hitting? What areas are hot? You know, they may not give you a, a grid coordinate, but they're going to be like, well, if you go into this zone, it's been pretty good. The, the tackle shop is such a great place to go have a conversation. It is. And then, you know, get involved with it. Get involved with the tournaments. Even if you don't participate, go watch. See what those boys are doing. Yeah. Dude, I, I, think, you'll, I think you'll agree with this, but tournament fishing is a different animal than your daily fishing. 
It is. It, it is for most. <laughs> yeah. Well, for you, I mean, the game on all the time, but I mean, you, the, the grind of it is that's, I don't know. I've always noticed and the few tournaments that I've been in, you know, some of them are normal, just like me, you know, they like evenings or they like mornings. They'll go out for their few hours. They'll catch what they catch and you know, they'll call it a day. But when you're at a tournament, you're going, oh, Hey, well, did we pack sleeping bags? Do we have to go home? No. Okay. Yeah. We'll stay here. It, it, you can really I, grind. You- you can, and you know, especially multiple day tournaments. And if it's a team event like my tournament, we sleep in shifts, brother. <laughs> you know, we're changing days. We're twenty four hours at that point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, definitely. Yes. Well, now that we're right here, we're almost to the end. But we got to do this one last one. I know it's a little early, but hey, we got to get that last bay check because you're about to limit out. It is your third and final bay check of the episode. Hopefully you did limit out, or if you didn't, you're real close. And this is the last chance you got out there in this show to uh, hear it and catch him up. Because we all know a one-hour outing in limits is just a great day. And it does happen. This bay check is being brought to you by DS Custom Tackle. DSCustomTackle.com has a plethora, yes, I'm using that word because I love that word, bits of gear for you to get your hands on. You need different style floats, colors, shapes, they've got them. Beads, yep, got it there. Rigs that are pre-tied, no problem, he's got you covered. If you're a rig tire and you're looking to get into mass production and you're looking to find somebody that's a supplier, DS Custom Tackle actually has you covered. Lots of great things on there besides that as well. They also have different types of lures and jigs. Fits for all fishing in all areas. Great set of the uh, great company to go look at and get your hands on gear. Again, dscustomtackle.com. So the last two here we go, our last three questions. What do you think has been a reason for such a surge to surf fishing? Yeah, man, that's a great question. Oh man. You know, maybe social media. Yeah. You know, knowledge is right there to click. You know, it's just uh yeah. <laughs> Because there's definitely been a surge, like especially up here in Alaska, we we have helped get this and in, in, in let people know that hey, you know, you can catch fish off of the beach, and it just spreaded like wildfire up here. We we've actually got, you know, tackle shops from Anchorage to Homer carrying surf fishing gear. Finally, you know, so it's it's that's a great question though. I've heard a I lot mean, of different because surf fishing's just awesome. <laughs> I mean, it really is. I, I mean, I've heard a bunch of different answers and from a lot of different people, and I think every answer is a valid, good answer. I mean, COVID definitely had a play in it because everybody was so tired of being stuck mm. in their house, and the beach was open. It was like, hey, I can go fishing. You know, it was a new experience, or you know, or it was like people were sick and tired of not being able to go out, or they were on vacation and it just came to it. So every answer I've had has always been just really fun and enlightening because it is such a great sport, and like I said in here in the episode a little while ago, we have so much sand throughout the continental U.S., not to mention the entire <laughs> world. There is a place to yeah. go beach fishing. You can do it. And, and then, you know, folks realize that it's kid-friendly, it's pet-friendly, you know? Yeah. It's it's a day at the beach, and, you, you you know, come on. People take vacations just to sit, sit at a beach and suntan. Well, while you're doing that, you might as well put a rod up, buddy. Yeah. Ain't going to hurt you, none. I mean, it's going to be, it might no. be worth it. You might have caught dinner and you don't have to go out that night. <laughs> oh, see, for you guys, all I think about is, yeah, halibut would be cool. Salmon would be a lot of fun, but there's just so much, so much fish. It, you just, <laughs> I, I can only imagine how good it is for you guys up there to be like, yeah, I'm just going to go catch dinner. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of how it goes, too. You know, let's just go over here. The, 
You know, the weather looks good. I, I live on the ocean, so I just look out the window and go, yeah, let's go. There it is. There it is. What do you recommend to someone coming to your area to fish that has never done it before, does before they even start fishing? Um, you know, uh, if you're wanting to book a, like a, like, like a charter, um, you're going to want to start booking around February. You know what I mean? I mean? Charter as far as going out in the boats out here, those guys book up almost a year in advance. Um, you know, uh, that would be my best advice. If you're, if you're coming up, you know, you're going to bring your own gear, you know, talk, talk to the tackle shops, to, you know, talk to people on social media, you can reach out to us anytime. We all talk fishing in Alaska, you know, with anybody and help them dial in where to go. And my advice is, uh, yeah, get ready to have some fun. It's going to, it's not fishing. It's catching up here. You guys, <laughs> it, it's just amazing. Yeah. We, we leave fishing for the rookies, right? <laughs> or, I should, or should I say we leave fishing for the lower 48? If you will. That's fair. That is fair. <laughs> you guys definitely have a lot of, I, I am willing to put money down to say that Alaska has uh, all of us covered very, very handedly. <laughs> oh man real fun all right man last question for you here andy here it is what's next for you oh hopefully the grow and just get bigger you know we're, we're a little bit of a new company up here there's only two surf fishing guides in the state of alaska we're just trying to introduce it and the hardest thing for me is letting people know that i'm out there you know doing what we're doing I'm hoping to pick up some sponsors and, you know, grow that tournament bigger, do more for the community that way, do more for the veterans that way. The bigger I get, the more I'm going to be able to give. So that, that's, and that's what I'm hoping is what's next for me. Other than changing the bait soon, getting the line <laughs> wet soon, fishing tomorrow, maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, you're only three. Let's see here. It's four, three, two, one. It's one o'clock your time. So you still got plenty of daylight to get out and have some fun. Yes, I oh, do. That's so cool. <laughs> Randy, this has been a phenomenal episode. Thank you so much for saying yes, for one, but also for coming on here, being as candid you were, and giving out all this information. I have definitely learned a lot, and I really look forward to talking with you again. And when I plan to finally get my butt up to Alaska, um, don't be shocked when my Visa card comes across your screen because we're, we're going fishing. Hey, brother. No, you got it. We'll, we'll, we'll put you on to some fish and knowing that you do surf fish, I don't have to cast for you. You can do it. Yep. Yep. You can point and laugh at me too. Be like, what the hell was that? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> me throwing eight and bait. Cause again, Matt, someone that told me, I'm like, all right, I'll try it. I mean, me trying to throw eight ounces it's, it's not pretty. Cause I normally throw four, maybe five, you know, that extra three ounces that there, there is, there's something there with that extra three ounces. That's real. Mm -hmm. And it's about your gear. It, yeah. it is. If your rod's only rated to eight or six ounces, you're, you're overpowering that rod. But that's something that I'll teach you. You'll do one tide with me. You'll go back down there and, and tell people, hey, guys, watch this. Yeah. Sold. Bringing the daggers. I'm coming up. That's it. That's <laughs> it. We're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Well, thanks again, Randy, for coming on the show. Appreciate it. And I look forward to talking to you soon. And uh, we'll talk later. Oh, thank you, Brian. Yes, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't uh, already paused the show and gone to one of your favorite travel sites and just go ahead and put in your Alaska flight, go ahead and head up to that Anchorage area and uh, go look up Randy, get yourself a charter. Uh, I don't know uh, what you were waiting for. Maybe it was the end of the show. Maybe that was it. But yes, I will be doing that. I will look forward to going up to Alaska sometime. I've heard amazing things and now I have an extra cool reason to go up. I hope this episode helped you. If it did, don't forget to share it out there. Give Randy a follow. That way you can see what he's been doing and maybe we 
can help him out with these tournaments get bigger. As you can hear, he's doing great things up there for the local community and the local veterans set up there. Lots of great things. Uh, pretty much the biggest one there, I guess. I got nothing else to say. I should stop yammering and just hit the button, huh? All right. You've been listening to Finding Demo Surf Fishing. I am out of here. See you next week. Thank <laughs> you.